Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony How's it going mainstream Mavs pod fans? My name is Rigo here, and I'm running this one solo today. We do have a little bit to get into um, on this Dallas Mavericks victory against the Utah Jazz. Uh, Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz were coming into this one at 500, um, but now fall to 27 and 28 on the year. And then, as far as your Dallas Mavericks, they go up to 29 and 26 in their first victory since the Kyrie Irving trade as well as their first victory without superstar Luka Doncic. We're going to go ahead and get into all of that right on the other side of this ad break. So we're going to go ahead and send you right to it, and we'll be right back with more Mainstream Mavs Podcast. And we are back here on the Mainstream Mavs Podcast here. I'm Rigo riding solo with you today. I'm riding... I'm glad I'm riding shotgun with you today, um, and hopefully you are enjoying the sound of my voice and just, just you know, all the information that uh, I will go ahead and be bringing to you over the course of the next, eh, I want to say, give me about next 15, 20 minutes uh, here for your listening pleasure. Again, it's, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter one, again, just because I'm riding a little bit more solo, dolo on this one. Um, dang, the word dolo kind of reminds me of dodo, and that kind of, dog, that kind of hurts. Anyways, not the point. Um, I guess, I guess the upside is we we got Kyrie. Um, anyways, let's just get into the game now. Before I start thinking about Dorian Finney-Smith more and start to cry a little bit, um, because I did I did kind of go into the fetal position once I heard about Kyrie or well about Dorian Finney-Smith being being gone. I didn't cry once once I heard Dorian or Kyrie was coming through. I did cry a little bit with Dorian, but anyways, not the point. Let's get into it. So, the Mavericks opened up their scoring in this one uh, with a four-point play. It was a three-point shot from Tim Hardaway Jr., but a four-point play that ended up being uh, caused from a foul from uh, on Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, I, th- I think that, that, that was really, really important to get the game started with something like that. Um, and, and again, it's not like the Mavericks didn't look good in the first quarter because, again, they were down... 37 to 25, and I think they were down as much as 16, if I'm not mistaken, over the course of this one. Um, Shooting-wise, just in general for the Mavericks, uh, they they were 46.6% um, from the field, and, and and the Jazz actually bettered or, or bested the Mavericks in that category as, as the, the Jazz were shooting 47.1% from the field. So it, it was a little bit of a difference Um I really, really think what made the difference overall, though, for the Mavericks is the fact that the Jazz stepped off the gas pedal a little bit in that second quarter and let the Mavericks kind of come back in and push the pace of the ball a little bit faster over the course of the game. Uh, Reggie Bullock was flying everywhere. I mean, I'm talking about yamming it down and getting a couple dunks in. That was really impressive to just kind of sit there and and watch and, and... and same thing with again. I'm not going to stop talking about the two young bucks in Jaden, uh, Jaden Hardy and Josh Green. Uh, Jaden Hardy ended the first quarter and started the second quarter. As far as the shooting is concerned for the Mavericks, um, or I guess the buckets being scored for the Mavericks with step back threes. 
that was that 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 was really really interesting. He, he kind of has like a little motion where like it's it, it's it's a really really interesting motion to kind of watch where he kind of steps in and then kind of steps back and takes the three point shot. Like it's really really an interesting thing to watch. Uh, Jaden Hardy just in general and how his growth has just kind of been. But again, the Mavericks outscored the Jazz in the second quarter, um, and, and that opened up that thirty-five point second quarter for for the Mavericks. Um, again, they 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 outshot the the Jazz thirty-five to twenty-five, um, and and that's one thing. Uh, again, talking about uh, Jaden Hardy and his three point uh, his three point shots to end and start the in the first quarter, start the sec the second quarter. Yeah, I got that right. Um, he the Mavericks just in general shot 15 to 39 from the three-point line um and and again knowing that you don't have a guy like Kyrie or Luka who you know can hit consistently or semi-consistently I guess in Luka's case those three-point shots that's really really nice to see and 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 again the Mavericks averaged 38 and a half percent or almost 39 percent basically uh from the three-point line um, as opposed to the very, 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 very lackluster Utah Jazz scoring uh, as, as they only put up, uh, they were 6 of 31 and 19.4% from the three-point line. Uh, the Mavericks did improve a little bit from the free throw line. That was actually very interesting to see as they only missed four free throws in general just in the game. Uh, they went 27 of 31 uh, for a grand total of an 87.1% from the free throw line. Um and again, and, and 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 the Jazz beat them in that category as well. But it was just enough to get it done. And again, it was just enough to get the Mavericks that first win without Luca. I think this can be up there as that can be categorized. I think this game will be categorized when you look at the whole season, or when you look back on the season, whether the Mavericks end up being champions or not. I think you can look at this game potentially, in my eyes. I think you can look at this game as the turning point in the season for the Mavericks because the Mavericks were not, they weren't doing badly. I'm not going to say that they, I'm not going to be pessimistic like everybody. They weren't doing badly, but they also were not doing very well either. Like it it wasn't like they're the Lakers right now, but it's, they're not the Nuggets. They're not the Grizzlies. And that's, and you know, they're not in that one, two and three spot. And that's where a lot of people had the Mavericks going into the season. So the fact that they are, climbing the standings and now they've lost Dorian Finney-Smith they lost uh uh they they don't have Luka right now with that heel contusion they just got Kyrie they just got that reinforcement that I think they needed that second superstar alongside Luka I think when you really really look at this game in a microcosm I think this game could end up being the turning point in the season for the Mavericks um the Mavericks did out rebound the uh, Utah Jazz. That's something that you know we rarely hear, as far as this Mavericks team is concerned. And again, it's not just a, it's not for anything that the Mavericks lack or don't do. Well, actually, it is for something they, that they lack, and that's height. They lack the height, but it's not for the lack of effort. I think, in my eyes, it's just because of the lack, the lack of height. Um, so there's just a ceiling, obviously, that comes with being a certain height as as a team and just in certain positions, such as Dwight Powell's position, where he's Again, a, a shorter 6'10", but he gives up that 110% effort. And I've always said that Dwight Powell is just one of those players that will give you his all every single night. But again, 49 rebounds for the Mavericks in in turn of those, uh, or as opposed to the 37 
total rebounds uh, for the Utah Jazz. The Mavericks had 17 offensive rebounds, so you can kind of do the math. Everything else was defensive rebounds. And then in the assist category, the Mavericks also uh, won that. That's a category that not many people look at very frequently, but I think I, I kind of look at it a little bit. That's And just because it can tell me one of two things. It can tell me how well a team shared the ball. Obviously, that's the big one. But also, I think how well they push the pace, I think, is, is something that, that can also, you know, if you push the pace a little bit faster, you're able to dish out the ball a little bit faster and you're able to get to certain positions and get those assists out a little bit faster, I think, in my eyes. If you're able to push the pace of the ball, um, you're able to do that. And the Mavericks won that category. They they they, they had 26 re, uh, assists, excuse me, as opposed to the 21 assists that the Utah Jazz had. They were equal in blocks. Um, the Mavericks did win in the steal category. They had six steals as opposed to four. And that's something, too, that Josh Green provides. I think that's something that Josh Green has been doing very well this season. Um, uh, and and, and just, just, again, just in general, this Mavericks team, I think, um, it may, be, may be on the up, uptick as far as uh, defensive capabilities are concerned. In the turnover category, the Mavericks uh, and the Jazz both tied that category. Uh, points in the paint, um, obviously, when you don't have a Laurie Markinen or somebody uh, that is, or Kelly Olynyk or just Walker Kessler or anyone in general, I think that that is over the height of 6'10", um, you are going to struggle in the... Um, you're going to struggle on the points in the paint because just of how um, how frequently you get beat inside. And then obviously you got, you have guys like Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson had himself a really, really good game for the Jazz, uh, scoring 26 points, two assists, and four rebounds. Um, Mike Connolly, again, another player too. I, did, I almost forgot to mention him. He had himself a double-double um, with 10 points and 11 assists. I think my player of the game for the Jazz – as far as they're concerned, I think it would be between Maya's between Jordan Clarkson and Lori Markinen. Markinen just because he had those 19 points and, and the Jazz needed every single one of those 19 points. Clarkson just because he's able to maneuver his way into the lane and, and you know, he was able to do that uh, last night pretty pretty frequently against the Mavericks. Um, so, so the Jazz... Um, are an opponent that the Mavericks normally struggle against. And in the regular season, actually, they had been, I believe they hadn't won there in a while. I mean, obviously, in the postseason, that's a different story. Last year, the Mavericks beat them with Brunson and company and and, and with Luka being out um, most of that series, which that's actually a, a really interesting kind of coincidence, the fact that Luka was out and then the, and, and, and the Mavericks won tonight in the regular season and then when Luca was out last season with Jalen Brunson they were able to beat them in Utah in the postseason so that was actually really really interesting I don't I, I hope you guys see that correlation um uh, but in it, 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 anyways um we won't get into the fouls because again that's just a that's just a category I mean I mean both teams foul a lot I mean or just teams in general, I guess. When you play basketball, I guess it just both teams foul a lot. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I think I think just in general, I think again when you really really look at this game in a, in a microcosm, I think you can really really go into it and, and just say 
uh, that this could have, this could be the game that 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 changes everything for the Mavericks. Um, going into the second half, uh, again, the Mavericks were they they won every other quarter except for the first. Uh, so that, that that that's something again that that we've already mentioned. Uh, the third and the fourth quarter, the Mavericks won by six points, uh, 29 to 23. So the scoring kind of came down a little bit, but it wasn't like a drastic, drastic thing. And then in the fourth quarter, it shot right back up. It was 35 to 26. And having those big quarters in the second and fourth quarter for the Mavericks in this one, I think helped them push them over the edge, specifically again, going right into halftime, carrying that momentum into the second half and then making sure you push the gas pedal as opposed to the to the Jazz, who they were starting to push the, the gas pedal down um, in the second half, I think even more so than what they did in the first half. Um, and, and again, the Mavericks were able to, to score 35 in the fourth as opposed to uh, the Jazz's 26 points. Um, and again, that, that was their highest scoring quarter for the Jazz. Uh, th- those 26 points was, was the most they scored aside from that first quarter where they scored 37. Um, so again, just something to kind of keep your eyes on moving forward. Um, maybe the Mavericks will be a better second quarter and fourth quarter team now that Kyrie, um, because I read a stat actually on, uh, on the other day where Kyrie is the, I think is like the, the player with the most points in the fourth quarter. Luca is the one that scores the most in the first quarter. So maybe you may have a little bit more of an all around effort going around in the first, second, and, and, and fourth quarter, I guess more specifically, we, we won't know what happens in the, in the third quarter until later on in the season, until everybody is kind of back in in health. And I think that's another thing to note, note about the Mavericks is that they're getting healthy almost at the right time. And it could be a thing where the Mavericks start getting these wins bit by bit, get, getting that, building that chemistry, going into the postseason, and that could be something to watch out for if you are a Western Conference opponent, because uh, the Grizzlies right now—they're—I'm sorry—they're worried more about looking cool and being the cool kids in school as opposed to playing basketball. I mean, John Morant is 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 the prime example of that. The Nuggets, aside from the Nuggets, I think everybody else is just kind of there, and the West is just wide open for anybody to take. If you are a team that makes those home run splash moves at the deadline, you're more likely, I think, to tick upward. And instead of maybe being in, right in the middle of the pack where you may not get that home court advantage game, you may get one of those one of those teams that are caught sleeping, uh, maybe a, a, a Kings team that could start slipping down or a Clippers team that could start slipping down. I don't really see that happening because Kawhi and, and, and Paul George are playing very, very well. But if the Mavericks should, you know, catch any any of the the two teams, two to four teams that are ahead of them, really the four teams that are ahead of them, but the the two teams that are really real that are closest to them, it could be the Kings or the Clippers. So who knows? I mean, again, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. I think in my eyes, and if the Mavericks are able to build that chemistry with Kyrie and whoever they bring in the trade uh, after the trade deadline. I think that could be something very, very positive for the Mavericks. They do only have uh, a few games left until the All-Star break uh, where they would come back on February 23rd to play the Spurs. But uh, coming up next, tomorrow, uh, they play the Clippers. That is expected to be Kyrie's debut 
Then they have two really, really big games this weekend. This is probably those two games right here against the Kings. That's what I'm, and that's what I mean is like, if they're gonna catch a team lacking, they better start catching those king, the the Kings lacking. They better not have them light the beam as much in the second half of the season as they will play them in a back to back or in a doubleheader. Really, uh, Friday, February tenth, and then Saturday, Saturday, February eleventh. Um, both really late starts, uh, as well as that Clippers game tomorrow. That that's gonna be brutal for me because I'm gonna be at work. Ew, ew, I hate the West Coast. My goodness. Anyways, uh, the Timberwolves after that, so that is going to be, again, another big game. And then I think the toughest test for the Mavericks comes on February 15th, right before the All-Star break. It's against the Nuggets. That's the, They're the one seed. If you're able to knock them out, maybe go on a little bit of a win streak, you go into that All-Star break, you're starting to feel real, real good about yourself. Uh, there may not be many teams, if, if, if the Mavericks start picking up steam, there may not be many teams that are able to compete with them moving forward. So, I think I covered all my P's and Q's. I hope I did. I'm um, just kind of maybe looking through my uh, through my notes here. Uh, again, I, th- I gave shout out to Jazz players, Mavericks players. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. Um, uh, as far as what I expect from Kyrie's debut, I think the Mavericks will probably, since Luka is out, I think they'll use him as much as they possibly can just so that Mavs fans can get a little bit of a taste of the player he is on the court uh, and maybe kind of make everybody forget who he is off the court. And, and and that'll be a really, really big thing. is If the Mavericks can win on the court, a lot of people will forget who he is off the court. And I'm not saying, I'm not justifying in any sense those anti-Semitic comments, because those that 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 does not fly anywhere. But if the Mavericks can win on the court, that off the court stuff looks really pale in comparison, in my eyes. I think. Um, and again, again, it'll be something to look out for as far as Kyrie's debut uh, is concerned. And again, I I expect him to do fairly fairly well against against the Clippers. Um, uh, but again, it's the day before the trade deadline, so who knows? I mean, a lot of teams will look very, very different come Thursday, and again, we will have all of that for you here on the Mainstream Mavs podcast. Yeah, I think I covered everything now at this point. Um, so for everybody here at the Mainstream Mavs podcast, uh, I'm Rodrigo Mendoza, or Rigo, as everybody will go have me go by. Uh, yeah, stay tuned uh, to us. Uh, go ahead, give us a five-star review wherever you may be, wherever you may find yourself, or where, wherever you may listen to us from. And yeah, hopefully uh, we get these wins here coming up very, very soon. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. I've been Rigo. See ya. And we're back here on the Mainstream Mavs podcast here uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I did want to go ahead and g- give you guys, you know, those that that little, little, g- little moment of, of gratitude here while we're at it, and also uh, just yeah, uh, thank you again so much for for listening uh, in to the podcast whenever you can and whenever you do, you know, because uh, it's always good to get that listenership. Now let's go ahead and dive straight into this one. So the Mavericks won 124 to 111, beating the Utah Jazz. So first off, I'm going to start off by talking a little bit about how important this win is. And this just keeps the Mavericks really, really well in in the standings there as far as 
you know, making sure that you don't slip any further while Luka is out and while you get those reinforcements in with from Kyrie Irving and, and I guess Markeith Morris in, in a way, because he does provide uh, some things here and there um, that end up being beneficial for the Mavericks in the long haul. Uh, another thing, too, that I did want to go ahead and point out was just how well this team played, the Young Bucks specifically. Again, big shout-out to them. Uh, Josh Green hitting 29 big ones. That's a career high for him, as well as Jaden Hardy, who hit 29 points as well. Again, that's a, a career high for the rookie. 29-4-4 uh, and four was his stat line for the night. Uh, normally, I would ask the other co-host, or, or the co-host would ask, or the host, excuse me, Will, would normally ask me a question, but I guess... The question that I'll go ahead and pose for you guys, uh, or I guess the question for the day for you guys, will probably be how how many more minutes can somebody like Josh Green and Jaden Hardy get now that Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie are gone, uh, and and now that Kyrie is 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 a part of of the of the team as well in search of that second championship title for uh, the organization. Um, Again, the, the Mavericks are not slipping at all. They are still the fifth seed in the conference. Uh, they are eight and a half games behind the Denver Nuggets, who are sitting at a record of 37-17 and 17 in the Western Conference. But they are only sitting, I believe it's only... I believe it's only about two games back from the Kings for that third seed in the West. And should the Mavs get that, I think the Mavericks become a very, very dangerous opponent to face in the playoffs just simply due to the fact that you will play them at home, you'll play them at the AAC, and the AAC is a tricky place to play. I mean, I mean, you know, you'll have just the crowd behind behind the 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 the, the team and, and things like that, and and again with the additions of, of Kyrie and and Luca, well, not the additions, but more like when he does come back, and and when you do end up playing the Mavs in the playoffs again, it can be a very very tricky situation to go up against another big shout out during this game uh will go out to reggie bullock who had uh himself a very decent game 13 points uh tim hardaway same thing about 17 points as well uh this is christian wood's first game back from injury uh so that was also pretty interesting uh to see he only had 19 minutes i think they may be putting him on a minutes restriction i'm not 100 percent sure on that I, you know, I, I kind of watched the highlights a little bit of, of the game just because I wasn't really able to, uh, you know, wasn't really able to be or to, to watch the game, I guess, is, is, is the big thing. I, I kind of picked up on the on the highlights. I was kind of tuning in and out of, of the game. Um, my focus was kind of split on, on, on another thing entirely. Uh, but, yeah, no, going back into it again, just Christian Wood and. Um, and the Maverick, well, Christian Wood is now back for how long we shall see. Again, he had, he apparently, according to a lot of sources, he has been in and out of trade talks. A lot of teams have been kind of coveting him. The Mavericks, I think, put him up for uh, for a, a, tr a potential trade uh, with that Nets trade that eventually got the Mavericks Kyrie. Um, but now, you know, he, he's still on, 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 on the Mavericks, at least Christian Wood is, for the time being. Uh, he didn't really perform, I think, all that spectacular, spectacularly, excuse me, uh, only contributing with six points and nine rebounds. I guess just the big thing out of that whole thing is just the rebounds. 
Uh, one really, really big shout out, and I, I don't know why I missed this while, while looking at the stat sheet, was Dwight Powell, who scored 12 points and 16 rebounds. So he got himself a, a nice little double double. Uh, Dwight Powell is actually coming into his own very, very well over the course of the last maybe, I want to say like, give me give it about the last month, really. I think he really started to come into his own, um, uh, like for real, for real, when we went out to watch that Mavericks game uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I believe it was against the Wizards. That's what it, that's what it was. It was it was Porzingis's return game. Didn't even end up playing in that game. But yeah, no. Dwight Powell, shout out to him because he has been on a tear recently. It, it won't light up the stat sheets with you know thirty points or whatever the case may be, uh, but if the Mavericks are looking to add a second forward or a starting center or something along those lines, having a guy like Dwight Powell put up these this kind of production is very very good for the team, um, specifically in the rebounding category where, where the Mavericks normally get out rebounded. If Dwight Powell can stay consistent and play as well as he has been over the course of the last few weeks, then this is just a very, very good asset to have in general. And and I think if it, I'll put up a good example again, the, the, the biggest trade rumor right now is that Christian Wood could be on the move well, and Tim Hardaway Jr. as well for DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder, I think was, was the last like little report that I had heard before hopping on. That'd be a really interesting move. Uh, I know that I wasn't really a part of the trade primer, um, but that would be a really, really interesting move should the Mavericks pull that deal. And I think Dwight Powell can be a perfect, perfect, perfect fit to that because, you know, you maybe have a starting lineup of, you you could say, let's say hypothetically, you get DeAndre Ayton, Ayton in the deal. Okay, well, now you have a starting five that looks like Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Josh Green, I think Josh Green now 100% deserves a spot in that starting five. Put Josh Green in at the at the small forward position. Um, move Dwight Powell back down to the forward uh, to the power forward spot where I think he could fit a little bit more naturally. You're about you're you know he's six ten. He he's got the height, but he's also again he, he now can find that ability to uh, create shots for for others as well and then I think DeAndre Ayton again being your starting center will provide the the rebounds just because he's a huge dude in general I think he's like seven foot if I'm not mistaken that's that's DeAndre Ayton's height Um, and then again just adding the role players uh, such as uh, potentially Jay Crowder um, and now you've added Markeith Morris in 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 the Kyrie Irving trade I think that is definitely something uh, that that adds a little bit of depth into this roster. Uh, I guess that's really just the big, uh, big ones that I. Uh, oh, Jaden Hardy. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. How, how did I? How did I forget about really going into his performance? Uh, Jaden Hardy had a really. Uh, and, and I know I've already talked a little bit about Jaden Hardy, but Jaden Hardy had twenty nine points, four rebounds, and four assists. We again talked about that already. The exclamation point that he put at the end of this game. My goodness. You know that man is for real. I mean, my goodness. What 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 a performance. And again, that 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 slam at the end of the game just really 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 put an exclamation point on on, on how good Jaden Hardy can become and, and how just relentless he is as a ball player in general. And I know, I know I I I said in the last podcast and last, I believe it was the last post game podcast that, you know, Jaden Hardy could be a sixth man. 
I mean, I mean, are are we now really maybe looking at him being a seven, eight, or nine man? You know, are are we inching him closer to a six? <clears throat> excuse me, to a six man role, and then potentially, should somebody go down like a Kyrie Irving, should maybe we could push him into the starting role? It, it's again, it's just a matter of how quickly he develops as a ball player. I think he's doing just fine in his rookie season. Um, I mean, the numbers again. The the season numbers overall won't you know um, won't won't amaze you or anything like that. But as a rookie, he's averaging um, averaging about six and a half points uh, it, it, overall this season. Um, and and again, his career high was last night against the Jazz. Um, and in just twenty six minutes of play too. That's another thing. That's that's one other thing that I love a lot about Jaden Hardy is just how well he can score the ball. In spite of his lack of minutes, my goodness! I mean, I I, I was kind of high on him when the Mavericks first drafted him uh, in, from the G League, but just watching him play, I really, really think he has a future on this organization. And again, now that Spencer Dinwiddie and and Dorian Finney-Smith unfortunately are now gone, that could be uh, something that uh, that that the Mavericks explore in the near future. I think I think maybe year two, year three. We could really, really start seeing an uptick in his minutes. But going back into the game in general, too, one other thing, too, that I have to give props to is just how well the Mavericks played defensively. I was really, really shocked. I thought the Mavericks were going to struggle mightily without Dorian Finney-Smith and company uh, to kind of help out on the defensive end. The Mavericks did just fine without him. And, and, and again, this, this team is going to look very, very different come Thursday. But on that same note, um, again, just uh, how well how well the Mavericks have been playing um, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, I do really think that guys like Reggie Bullock and Dwight Powell are going to have to step up to the plate. And eventually, when when Maxi Kleber does come back after the All Star break, uh, which that was confirmed today, despite how well he had been doing in his progression coming back from injury, Maxi Kleber is going to be coming back after the all-star break. So it is a little bit unfortunate to hear that, that that's when his, his timetable for return is. But on that same note, again, it is very, very good to hear just in general that uh, Kleber is back. Um, yeah. After the all-star break, uh, we'll go ahead. How about we'll go ahead and take a really, really quick break now that I've kind of summed up all the really good and bad performances Really good performances because it it, I think it was just a good day overall. And again, the Mavericks getting their first win without Luka. Um, we're going to go ahead and do a little bit of a deeper dive after this uh, ad break. Um, yeah, we'll do a little bit of a, a, a deeper dive into the game in general. Quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, and quarter four. And we'll wrap up the whole thing uh, with what I'm looking forward to come Thursday, the trade deadline. Wednesday. Uh, Kyrie Irving's debut and then moving forward into the back half of the season but we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll do all of that when we come back here on the mainstream Mavs podcast stick around <laughs> 